Hello and welcome to How to Start Up, a podcast for anyone starting a company. This is a collection of conversations with people who have all successfully started, run and even sold their own companies, sharing not only professional but personal experiences on what we should be doing now, next or never. Hosted by me, Juliet Fallowfield, founder of PR consultancy for startups, Fallowfield and Mason. As we've been working alongside the pandemic for nearly two years, I wanted to interview founders who started their businesses in March 2020 and beyond, as anyone starting to think about founding a business will know no other world to operate in. As we know, this whole new world has thrown us curveballs, but not all of them are negative. So I'm hoping that hearing from recent founders with up-to-date work experience, so to speak, will really support more people in starting up. Today we're joined by Carol Han Pyle, founder and CEO of sustainable candle brand Net, which she launched in December 2020 and has already won Harper's Bazaar Candle of the Year Award. This is Carol's second business venture, having also launched digital agency CA Creative, following a career working with leading luxury lifestyle magazines. Carol shares with us advice on why now is the perfect time for entrepreneurs to start and her insights into when to source external partners to launch a product-based business. Hi, Carol. Thank you so much for joining How to Start Up today. It's wonderful to have you. It would be great if you could start by quickly introducing yourself and the company that you started. Of course. I'm Carol Han Pyle, and I'm the founder of NET, which is a clean and sustainably minded candle brand um, that I started about a year ago in December of 2020. That means that you started your business mid slash during pandemic. How was that? I did. And it was definitely an interesting experience to say, to say the least. Um, I actually was a, an entrepreneur and I have been for the past decade or so. I, I started a digital agency in 2010, which I was still running when the pandemic hit. We suddenly lost about 50% of our business all in the same month in March of 2020. We made it through and it, you know, it, it was, it ended up being completely fine. But one of the side effects was that I suddenly had free time for the first time in my entire adult life. It was just incredibly freeing um, in a way. And it really left me a lot of brain space to think and imagine and just kind of let my mind wander, which was really integral in being able to create net and, and really get it off the ground. So in a way, creating the brand in the middle of a pandemic was probably the only way that I was ever going to do it um, in terms of having that chunk of time handed back to me all of a sudden. And I so know what you mean. I think I started March 2020 and there was nothing else to do. Everything hmm. else got taken away. So it was just like, <laughs> right, there's no travel, there's no going out. I don't need to worry about budget because everybody's locked down. <laughs> right. so what was the first thing you did when you started Net? The first thing I did was start interviewing branding agencies. I when I came up with the idea for Net, and honestly, the idea was such a long time coming. My my mom was actually had a candle store when I was little in Sausalito, which is a um, sort of like a waterfront town in San Francisco. And some of my very earliest memories are of going, running in and out of that store. I was really raised in that store. And she used to, (laughs) 
you know, like hand dip and hand carve these really beautiful, colorful pillar candles. And it always smelled so amazing in there. And so candles have always been a huge part of my life ever since I can remember literally. So I always knew that I, that I had this love for candles. I love fragrance and I just, I want, and I love the beauty industry and I really wanted to find a way to tie them all together. So when I came up with the idea for net, it was really based on this sudden need that I felt where all of the amazing luxury candle brands that I had bought and burned and loved for all of my adult life. When the clean beauty movement started happening, I found myself replacing all of my beauty cabinet products with cleaner options, brands that were transparent, these like really cool new brands that were emerging from these amazing founders. And I really was not seeing the same thing happening in the home fragrance space or in the personal fragrance space. So, you know, while these brands were so covetable and so well-branded and so luxurious and iconic, none of them were having these conversations about transparency and sustainability and clean formulations. And I started doing all of this research into the brands that I love just to make sure that they were safe to burn in my home. And I wanted to know what was in them. And I found very quickly that they were not very well-made in terms of the ingredients uses 100% paraffin wax, which has been shown to be toxic when burned. It's a fossil fuel. It's not great for you. It's not great for the environment. And I was quite shocked um, and a little bit heartbroken. And I very quickly kind of got rid of all of those candles. And that's kind of when the light bulb moment happened for me. And I knew that I wanted to create a category of candle that was super luxurious and on par with all of those brands. And I wanted that, you know, that luxury space of a candle, but I wanted it to be something that was really well formulated, super clean, super safe. So I knew that if I was going to create that, but with a luxury sensibility, the branding had to be really spot on. So the first thing I did was start interviewing branding agencies and um, sign up with a branding agency that I really fell in love with. So that was even before you started sort of thinking of sense, you decided that you needed that external support to help you get the product started. Exactly. Before I started thinking about scent, I really wanted to have like a a solid idea of what the brand looked like and what it felt like and what it sounded like. And I really felt like all of those elements, like who the brand was, was going to inform everything else. So that really fell into branding. And I really wanted to work really closely with a branding agency that could make my vision come to life and add their own um, elements of their vision as well until we had a brand that really had a clear identity. And from there, I think every other element was a little bit easier. Yeah, that's fascinating to me because looking at it from the outside, you've got obviously beautiful packaging, even the typography, everything from the wick, the wax, the fragrance, everything you've thought of. But it's actually that real recognition at the beginning of I'm not going to try and do everything on my own. I am going to find that external partner to really support me in this. Because I think a lot of people, when they start companies, they think I'm just going to do everything myself until I've burnt myself out and no pun intended. And then... (laughs) (laughs) And then find someone to support. But how on earth did you go through interviewing branding agencies? 
to know that you found the right one? You know, I did a lot of research into branding agencies and I re- and I would look at brands and kind of, and really just Google like who they had used for branding. And there's all of this information. You can really find out pretty much anything online, which is really scary. Yeah. But I made this master list of, you know, my favorite branding agencies that I really wanted to work with. And then I just kind of reached out to all of them cold. And, you know, a couple of them didn't have availability. And there were a few that were out of my price bracket. And I interviewed a ton of them, but I, you know, I found in regular practice, which is a branding agency, we ultimately decided to go with just the perfect partners. They really had this kind of like really elegant, luxurious sensibility, but with there's a little bit of like a quirk to everything that they do that I find really interesting and creative. And this is all during the pandemic where everything was done remote, everything was, you mm. know, supply chains were being scuppered. Were there any huge negatives to doing this during the pandemic? Honestly, I don't know anything else. Any so I have, <laughs> I have nothing to compare it to. I was, you know, I really have no idea. Maybe it would have, I mean, it would have been really nice for me to have been able to hop on a plane and go to Italy and visit our factory in person. And I'm sure that's what I would have done pre-pandemic, but, you know, everything really had to be over Zoom. And in a way, maybe that sped sped up the process a little bit. It's probably best, I don't know. So from the day that you started thinking about it to the day of launch, how long was that? So that was probably April. Um, and then we launched in December. So about nine months. So pretty quick, considering. and Pretty quick. <laughs> Very quick. And you all launched um, DTC, so direct-to-consumer, and you can buy online. How have you found your clients? How have you reached out to people? It's been a little bit of a mixed bag. So we launched our Instagram feed a few months before the launch of the brand and built up a tiny little following on there. And then that that following grew fairly quickly after launch. I think now we're almost at 17,000 followers and, and growing quickly. So I think that a lot of people come to us from, um, from social media, from Instagram and from Facebook. We also hired uh, an amazing PR company here in the US called Autumn PR, who have done such an amazing job at getting the word out there in just about every publication possible Vogue, Elle, Harper's Bazaar, Town and Country, El Decor, all of these amazing publications. And of course, um, we talked to Alexandra Corello um, of Corello Consulting very quickly after we launched, or maybe it was even pre-launch um, as well. So she, she's she been on board really since the beginning as well. And that's how I discovered you is just editorial after editorial. And I think it's interesting, obviously I'm biased because I'm in PR, but I feel like she did an incredible job getting the cover she got. And for you, is that really building up brand awareness or was that translating into sales or a bit of both? I mean, I know it's very hard to track. Mostly brand awareness. And that was really what we put our entire focus on in year one. We really wanted to spend the year not worrying too much about how many candles we were selling, but rather building up a solid fan base, spreading the brand awareness, making a name for ourselves, and really like kind of making those inroads into being a household name. Of course, Mm. we have so much further to go in that very lofty goal. Um, But we really wanted to, you know, make a good start in that. And then, you know, sort of worry later about how it translated to to numbers. We really just wanted to get the word out to as many people out there as possible. 
you thinking at some point you wanted to go into wholesale or are you quite happy being DTC? We are wholesaling right now, actually. So so another way I think our, our name got out there a bit is that we were approached by a bunch of amazing stores right after we launched. So Nordstrom emailed us about a month after we launched, Selfridges and, and a few other stores like the Detox Market and Standard Dose. Amazing. And they would have obviously, if they were emailing you, they would have found you through that word of mouth brand building through PR. Yeah, correct. Correct. I think they all found us through either Instagram or through an editorial placed by one of our PR companies. Given that you've been your own boss, but you've moved from a service-based business to a product-based business, are there any key learnings that you've taken from that? Yes, that I have no idea what I'm doing when it comes to a product-based business. I mean, I thought that I, you know, I can probably, I could probably run an agency with my eyes closed, my hands tied behind my back at this point, because I've been doing it for so long. And, you know, there's really nothing I haven't seen. But when it comes to a product-based business, I am really coming at it with a beginner's mind, because really, I had to learn everything from scratch in terms of how to build a supply chain, what wholesale was and what a product profit margin was, um, you know, how to, how to build all of those financial models and, and still learning, you know, every, every day is like a little bit of a new lesson, which has been such a blessing because honestly, I love the social media agency, but again, I kind of know it. And this has been like a very intense sort of MBA program, like a mini MBA program (laughs) for me. Is there any advice you'd give to new founders who are wanting to start product-based businesses? You know, is it a key learning that you'd like to impart? Yeah, you know, I think from an overarching point of view, I would say to really take the leap and just start. I always say that if I if I had taken the time, it's probably as terrible advice, but if I had taken the time to, you know, put together a business plan and to put the numbers on paper and to make projections and to, you know, really like do it properly, I probably would never have done this. Um, and, uh, you know, I probably would have scared myself right out of it. But in a way, starting and kind of taking that leap and being like, okay, I really like this branding agency. I'm going to hire them and we're going to create a brand. And then I'm going to take like, oh, I think that this should be the next step. And maybe I should do this next and really kind of go at it with, you know, instinctually has really helped in terms of um, in terms of putting one foot in front of the other and, and taking the necessary leaps and risks. It's all a big risk, right? And mm. um, I think that if you if you overthink it in a way, it's it's a really good way to never start. The second um, the second thing, which is like more of a logistical thing, would be to really be careful about your supply chain because um, I think that that was like the one area where we definitely made a couple of mistakes in the beginning that was really costly from a time point of view. So you know, just make sure that you're you're making the right decisions in terms of your fulfillment warehouse and your various manufacturers, you know, because switching early on or anywhere really is huge pain. Yeah. And time and time is the most precious element when you're starting a company. It's true. And then given the risk factor, a lot of people don't do 
their own thing because of finances and they may be in employment and it's a big leap to leave that full-time employment. Is it like a runway of budget that they should plan for? What sort of good rule of thumb in terms of finances? You know, I think it really just kind of depends on the brand that you're that you're trying to start. I just read an article in the Beauty Independent about who has just launched a really cute line of dog shampoos and conditioners. And, and it said that her starting investment was $30,000 and she bootstrapped that. And then I just read another article in WWD about that brand Holy Frog, but their initial investment, which they self-funded was 400,000. So I think that there's like a variety of different points where you can start from. I also think that there is a lot of things you can do yourself in terms of branding, building the website. You know, Shopify makes it so easy for people to build their own websites, really user-friendly. And there is a lot of stuff that you can that you can do on your own. <laughs> Which bits of your business do you really love doing yourself? Yeah. So I knew right away that I really want, I needed help on the branding. I really wanted that to be professionally done with people with years of experience. Um, I didn't want to rely on myself for that. And I really didn't want to manufacture candles on my own. I, I really wanted to work with like master perfumers. We work with a fragrance house called IFF that houses some of the world's top master perfumers working today. Um, and I really wanted to work with that level of talent in terms of the scents and the actual, the actual candle manufacturing. Like we work with an amazing pourer in Massachusetts that pours all of our candles by hand. Um, you know, that stuff, I knew that I was like, I, I need to outsource all of that because I have no idea how to pour a candle. And I well, I love that that's a job that they candle pour. I mean, yeah, <laughs> it's a whole candle factory out there. Um, so I really want, and, and I wanted to do like the content and the social media and the copywriting and the blog and, you know, all of that stuff, like the creative direction for photo shoots, like choosing which influencers to, uh, to work with, reaching out that whole piece of it. I felt like I knew, um, and I could trust myself and my own expertise with. So pick what you're good at and what drives you and then delegate the rest. (laughs) I think so. And are there any last golden nugget pieces of advice that you'd offer somebody starting a business now that we're in the new world, let's say? You know, I think that um, it's such an amazing time to be a founder and especially such an amazing time to be a female founder. And I think that right now there is this sort of magnifying glass on founders and on brands with great founder stories behind them. And I would say that if you're going to start a brand, now is definitely an amazing time to do it. There are so many resources like mentorship programs led by amazing experts in the space and um, and venture capital funds even. So you know, I, I would say that if you that if you're thinking about launching something, now is an amazing time to do it. There's just a lot of support springing up um, from all sorts of places to capitalize on and to lean on. And I would, you know, search out those sorts of opportunities to, you know, to get guidance and and advice and really, you know, lean lean on what's out there because there's more out there now than ever before. Thank you so much, Carol. It's been wonderful chatting to you and congratulations because from the outside, it looks like Net's been around for a long time. Oh, thank you so much, Juliet. It was so nice speaking with you and thank you for having me. It was so fun. If you'd like to contact Carol, you'll find all of her details in the show notes along with a recap of the advice that she has so kindly shared. 
thank you for listening to How to Start Up. I hope these conversations offer you some confidence, encouragement and reassurance that you're on the right track. If you've enjoyed this podcast, I'd be so appreciative if you were to rate, review and subscribe as it will really help other people starting a company discover it. Thank you.